0: Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of If I Only Knew, where we dive into the differences between the generations and my co-host, extraordinaire Matt. Matt, how are you today? G'day, Fred. I'm doing very well. Matt, uh, now I need your help on something. Mm-hmm. Um that the listeners wouldn't know that I'm a technological incompetent. Mm-hmm. Okay. I barely managed to get the computer and the microphone working each week. <laughs> But there's a lot of talk about the federal government's new e-safety initiatives. Mm. Matt, can you break these down for me and tell me what we should know before we dive into what concerns me about this stuff.
1: Yeah, for sure, Fred. I think this is a good topic because it's one of those like arms of policy that's easily missed sometimes, but it's been in the news a little bit recently. Basically, the government has set up a a commission to try and have more uh, control over the things that are said on the internet. You know, there's very admirable goals to this given the amount of uh, bullying and harassment and um, pretty horrible things that end up happening on the internet. You know, it's very hard to regulate the internet. It's a bit of a lawless space. And so this is a bit of an attempt to try and have a bit more influence over that. So there's an e-safety commissioner with a few people working with her who are trying to have some oversight onto the internet. Now, they have a few specific powers that we'll get into. For example, they've recently been given the ability to ask websites to take people's posts down if they're viewed as harassment or unconsensually shared images or whatever like that. Um, so they've got a bit of influence to to uh, make demands of companies and internet platforms and try to make changes uh, to the way people use the internet. But their their key remit is to try and make the internet a safer place, if you like.
0: Tell me a little bit about what you see the benefit, you know, Matt, is this good, bad or a bit of both?
1: Yeah, great. Because I think um, with most things that we are talking about here, Fred, there's a bit of both going on here. I have some pretty strong opinions on this because I think it really meshes with a lot of politics as well, which is something that I think is really important. Um, You know, anyone controlling anything that people say has to be scrutinised because who's doing the management of the... Things that are being said and what's their agenda and all that kind of thing. So I think the first and simplest uh, answer to that is that there's a lot of good stuff that comes out of this. You know, there's a lot of social awareness around the bullying that children receive online. You know, um, online harassment is a big deal that people are worried about in schools. They're worried about for their kids, and that's a really easy political target to say, look, we should just not have people be bullied as much online, especially for children. One of the interesting things that the Safety Commission has been trying to do more recently is try and reduce adult bullying online. And I think that's an important social issue as well. You know, there's some really big issues around the idea of people's anonymity and the notion of doxing someone online, which is a term that means to reveal where they live or reveal their true identity. That can put some people in real danger. You know, if someone's uh, got a controversial online presence or whatever and they rely on their anonymity, then being doxed can have huge consequences for you and so I think that you know protecting adults from this kind of online harassment is also a very admirable goal so I think there's a, there's a lot to be said for, for the importance of protecting people online because the internet is a dangerous place that has real consequences for a lot of people The, the there are plenty of people whose lives have been really seriously impacted by the internet but I think the other side of that is asking, you know, what are the consequences of trying to manage the internet like this? The internet, in many ways, has grown as a place of anonymity, as a place of, if you like, freedom of expression, um, and it's it's that's an important part of the internet. Um, I have been an advocate on the past in this podcast for the idea of personal responsibility online. You know, you have the opportunity to mute yourself from situations or to not engage in certain platforms that you think might be a bit more dodgy. You know, you have the opportunity to perhaps try to limit the effect that cyberbullying has on you in some contexts. Um, And so I do wonder if this bill maybe takes some of that um, personal ownership away from your own experience online and instead says the government is going to decide for you. And I think that there's something a bit troubling about that. Um, I mentioned the role of politics, and I think that's the final negative that I'll touch on here, is that um, the the online safety bill that gives the uh, eSafety Commissioner the ability to take posts down off the internet, um, gives them pretty broad powers. And, you know, there's not a ton of oversight on the eSafety Commissioner's actions. And I think that's something that we should be cautious about, given that uh, the the role that the internet is currently playing in political mobilisation, Fred, it's a hugely significant thing for the way that young people and my peers are mobilising politically. Um... There's a huge tension in mainstream politics around what should people be allowed to say online to politicians, what's considered harassment online, what's considered bullying online, and what are the consequences if someone gets, perhaps, is merely exercising their freedom of political expression to say that I think this politician is doing the wrong thing, perhaps they're Uh, a bit more intense than that. But at what point does political expression, you know, satire, or even outright attacks, because I think there is a place in a democracy for attacks on politicians, um, at what point does that become bullying and harassment that gets silenced by an e-safety commissioner? Now that's obviously straying into the realm of a slippery slope argument, and I'm conscious of that. But I think this bill actively allows a bit of reading between the lines in the way it's written. It talks about harassment and being given offence and that kind of thing. And I do worry about those uh, applications of legislation like that.
0: I think it's really interesting. I know that... uh, one of the things I want to clarify is when Matt says that he acknowledges there's a place for attacks on politicians, he's talking about ideology, he's talking about challenging <laughs> of their course. record, he's not trying to incite any storming of the Capitol. Yes. Uh, and if he is, and anyone's listening, I distance myself from those <laughs> remarks because I know that if shit goes down, I'm the one that's going to get the right first. It. But
1: when it comes Thank to you, the role of politeness within politics, I think we can say you don't always have to be polite to no. politicians. Yes.
0: I, I think one of the first issues that I've picked up from your summary, Matt, is really interesting. Safeguards against villains on the internet. So those people that would prey on our kids or those people that are unhinged and want to use the internet as a forum to target others are not inherently bad. Of course, yes. I do believe, um, having kids, that we are better to talk to them about exiting virtual uh, unsafe spaces the same way you would teach them stranger danger in the real world, Mm. But I understand that some, for, for lots of kids, particularly when it's peer-on-peer bullying, it's very hard to disengage for fear of what you're not hearing that they say about you, so on and so forth. Yeah. I still think that's a person's responsibility. I think it's a school's responsibility. I think it's ultimately a parent's responsibility. I do believe that using the internet to seek out those that would harm others. For example, things like the pedophile rings that have been broken through, internet sleuthing is a good thing. I think those people, uh, anybody that would harm our society that way have nowhere to hide. I do worry though, that you can start to use legislation like this to begin to silence fair debate. And what's harassment? because you disagreeing with me three times and not allowing me to win an argument might be considered harassment. Mm. You sending five letters to the office of the Premier about um, uh, land tax might be considered harassment. Mm. So I, I guess the issue is, When it's about law enforcement, we have a lot of trust in our emergency services, and a big shout-out to the emergency service listeners that do listen to this podcast. I think a lot of people, though, are a little bit more uncomfortable with government regulation. So I'm happy for ACO and the New South Wales Police to be all over the internet looking for bad guys, right? And they should set up, as they have done and famously done, um, chat groups for dumb criminals to jump on board and trade guns and drugs and all the rest of it and then be able to track them down to their homes mm-hmm. and arrest them. I think it's fantastic. And I think if you're dumb enough to fall for stuff like that, you deserve to be caught. When it comes to government legislation, one of the issues that we constantly face is that the capacity for overreach and the abuse by bureaucrats who are unelected of our liberties is a concern for me um i don't know that i trust the government to know where the line is as you said the slippery slope so matt do we need this sort of law do we need this commission or are the protections that are previously
1: in place good enough and matt is this an election stunt <laughs> it's a really good question for it i like this idea of do what we have in place already is that enough because i was thinking that about myself you know i was like is this even necessary but i think that's because you know i'm a very comfortable person online and so i think that uh, i don't see the need for this because i've never had to be on the receiving end of too much of this kind of stuff and so i think because of the our inability to remove such predatory behavior online does necessitate more action from the government um, so I do see something like this as having a place. I think I'm, I'm pretty comfortable saying that, um, even if my initial reaction was, what's the point? It's not that bad. It definitely is that bad for a lot of people. And so I think that uh, it's, it's worth having this kind of legislation. I would personally love to see just a little bit more oversight on the actions of um, what is being removed from the internet by the EVE Safety Commission i am under the impression while i'm no political expert with uh, having not followed this too closely i believe that there have been proposed amendments to these bills that would result in it being like independently reviewed after two years to see the effect it's had that kind of thing i think there's a there's an important place for that kind of uh change to something like this now whether or not you know is that enough and and Maybe there are better ways to go about solving these problems. That's another important question. Um, I think that the eSafety Commission as a position, as a role, could be really useful in advocating for people's safety online. You know, like maybe it's not about including too much more legislation, but maybe it's about improving people's education on the issues. Um, I believe that there are a handful of different election uh Preparing stunts that are coming up from both parties about this. Um, I was reading a little bit about a uh, proposed labour policy to include the idea of a internet license to say that children would go through and get a license, quote unquote, mm. in the same way that you might get a pen license at school to mm. show that they've done some. Um, mandated testing in school to sh- or um, workshops in school about internet safety. Now, the problem with that, of course, is there are plenty of uh, workshops online in school and people still have horrible things happen to them. So yes. I think it's not that simple. Um, and, and there do need to be some teeth to this legislation. Um, I do think, though, for me, that the way in which this kind of control of the way we speak has seems to have crept up on me, I think. Um, I, I didn't hear too much spoken about this in the media beforehand. Uh, I think that has me quite worried, ultimately. Um, there's a final thought, and this is a little bit more technical, perhaps, but um, there seems to be a little bit of an effort in Australia to make uh, platforms on the internet, like social media companies, be treated like publishers. So a publisher has a yep. responsibility to mediate and control the content produced on its platform, Currently, social media platforms don't have that responsibility. And to my mind, it's important they don't have that responsibility because social media platforms, to me, are merely a uh, veggie patch where people plant their own opinions and create their own communities or whatever, rather than yep. a curated, edited uh, platform where people um, publish you know, thought out and, and moderated ideas. And so as much as there are consequences to that wildness to them, I do think that's an important part of the internet and it's facilitated by its anonymity. A process like the ability for the eSafety Commissioner to demand certain things get taken off of these platforms feels like another push to make these platforms get treated more like publishers. And that's something that I'm personally and admittedly somewhat technically opposed to on principle. And so that's something that I disagree with myself.
0: Can I ask a question about that? Um, Big issue in the headlines this week about a podcaster. He's not at our level. (laughs) That's right. Joe Rogan, he has about 11 million listeners, which is about 10,995,000 more than we do. That's Um, about right, yeah. It's about right, but look, he's a peer, okay? (laughs) Um, And uh, people are attacking Spotify and suggesting that Spotify has a responsibility to curate his content. Now, Spotify in response have agreed to put up disclaimers around certain episodes uh, with a link to credible sources around issues like COVID. Mm, Would we be in a position, is it helpful and healthy to expect Spotify in Australia to remove those contentious episodes?
1: Mm. I think that's a great question, Fred, because it comes down to, you know, what is considered harassment? What is considered bullying? There are a lot of things on these Joe Rogan podcasts that are very, like, socially contentious to a lot of people. Um, To other people, they're perfectly acceptable and, you know, inspiring. Um, The thing about the situation with Joe Rogan and Spotify is that, as I understand it, Spotify had a specific contract with him to bring his uh, podcast to their platform uniquely. And to me... With that particular relationship, you're no longer acting as a a mere growing bed for people's opinions. Rather, you're saying, come here, we're going to host you. I think in that circumstance, you probably do have a a responsibility to ask, is this what I actually want on my platform? Because you're inviting someone very directly. There's an interpersonal relationship between the platform and the producer uh whereas in most social media contexts that's far from the situation um so i do think that that makes a difference where i think that spotify probably should have been more conscious of the role that uh Joe Rogan plays in like our social culture and I also think you know just from a business point of view it was always going to be a contentious decision given Joe Rogan is a culturally contentious individual at times and so I think that Spotify should have been aware that there would be pushback against this perhaps they were perhaps they were willing to accept that but uh I think that at the very least it's uh, a different situation than most people who use social media platforms and the internet in general because Joe Rogan is such a known name and therefore he had a specific relationship with the platform that he was working with.
0: Yeah. I think the other element to think about, we often talk about when we talk about e safety, we talk about kids. Um, this time of year, Matt, they put out a lot of information because it's uh, soon to be Valentine's Day, or as I like to call it, the Hallmark holiday, because it
1: doesn't <laughs> exist. Fair enough, yes.
0: And there's always that story on the you know, the current affairs, the today, tonight's the you know, breakfast thing about poor old Nana who lost her life savings buying Bitcoin for a man that she thought she loved but never met who lived in Namibia. Yes, yes. Okay. So I think sometimes when we talk about eSafety, the emotion of it being about protecting kids is a bit of a smokescreen for the fact that, A, a lot of us are vulnerable, but, B, it's not about protection as much as it could be about Suppression, and I worry about the abuse of that space when there are contentious views. For example, if you were to post certain Bible passages now, you would be uh, cancelled on social media. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing because that book was written a very long time ago and doesn't represent current thinking, and therefore may may need a revision. Um, If the Pope's listening, shout out. Uh, to the point That's of- right. I'm
1: sure we could help out on that. Yeah, contract us. We'd be great at that. Yeah. I, I,
0: I think you've got to drop the whole Sodom and Gomorrah thing, all right? Um, go with a bit more about salt's bad for heart health and leave the rest alone. <laughs> Fantastic. The, the, the credibility of this stuff has got to be, uh, I think it's got to be looked through from my perspective, being a bit older, is the law of unintended consequences. The the purity and the intent might be there to do good with it, but ultimately, if it falls into the hands of the wrong people, and let me give you an example, the Chinese government was able to scrub any reference to athletes doing poorly at the Winter Olympic Games overnight. Okay. Now, I don't believe that would happen here, but I think part of the reason it doesn't is because we're vigilant about the possibility that it could. So safety on the internet for the vulnerable is important. The capacity for overreach needs to be challenged. Mm -hmm. And look, my final thought on this, Matt, is if you're online, if you're on your phone and you're being abused, you're being sworn at, you're being called names, do what I do and ask your siblings to get your
1: mother off the group chat. (laughs) That's an excellent idea, Fred. We can't have that. Well, thank you,
0: everybody. I
1: think we've talked a lot about
0: a really interesting... We've only scratched the surface, but it's a great one. I still don't know where I stand. I see the goods, the bads. I think Matt said it well when he said there are things to watch for um, and, in theory, things to celebrate with this stuff. Let's see how it unfolds. Matt, I have a funny feeling... This is not the only time we're going to talk about
1: this. You're absolutely right, Fred. I also have a a funny feeling that we might not hear as much as we should about these topics. They're a little bit technical. They're a little bit easy to go under the radar. So it's something that's worth keeping an eye out for, I reckon.
0: Indeed. And and look, my great fear is that I'll have to start getting my own Netflix password. (laughs) Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you again on another week of If I Only Knew. Thank you, Matt.
1: Thanks very much, Fred.
0: Thank you for listening. This podcast is a Better pod group production, with special thanks to our researcher, Nicola Binks, executive producer, Matt Blanche, the providers of our theme song with credits that are in our bio, and of course, you, the listener. It's important to remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Whilst there are therapeutic themes discussed, in no way is a podcast considered treatment, and in the event you're in a psychological emergency, please reach out in whatever way you can through 000 or Lifeline 13 11 14. It's important to remember that the discussion is for entertainment purposes, and the opinions voiced by podcast hosts of theirs and theirs alone. Any reference to copyright or copywritten material is, of course, the copyright of the copyright owner and or relevant corporate entities. Thank you for listening to Bad Pod Group Productions and in to some of our other excellent pod productions on this network.